When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. My name is Scott Benjamin, the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. And my name is Ben Bolin. Generally these days I'm fixing the coffee machine. <laughs> You've moved from uh, video producer, video writer to um, now you're the coffee machine. You know what's the weird part? It was a promotion. Oh, good. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> so you're going to have many uh, many new trades around here, I guess, uh, is what you're saying, right? I got a Blackberry and a bag of espresso beans and yeah. everything, man. Okay, so just listen every week and see what Ben comes up with as his new title, because uh, you're kind of the jack of all trades around here, right? We're on the up and up, and I'm a dynamic person in a dynamic organization. <laughs> I couldn't even keep a straight face. Well, very good. Very good. So we'll uh, we'll listen for your new title soon. Scott, I have to tell you, though, no matter what my job title is, uh, this podcast is a labor of love for me, and I really enjoy showing up, especially when we do a continuing series. Yeah, and this is, uh, what, the third or this fourth the part now? I, I don't, I've lost track. Trilogy? Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe the third part here. Uh, we are going to talk about Sterling Engines today. And, um, Sterling Engines, this is one that, um, has been suggested by a, uh, listener to over the, over the past I don't know, a year and a half or year so. Half really. or so yeah. We got one recently and it came from, it came from a text actually, Ben. And, um, the phone number, I won't read the phone number obviously, but, um, <laughs> it has an area code that comes from the, uh, Providence of Alberta in Canada. And that's kind of like over Montana, if you're here in the States. Um, but he says that he's a, uh, an engineer and he loved the hit and miss engine podcast that we did. Um, said he likes that antique power type, you know, the antique power source type thing that we're going through and, uh, said that he does have an, um, a suggestion and he'd like to hear one on the Sterling engine. We were actually lining up one for the Sterling engine anyways. Hey, oh. So this worked out real well. Yeah. Um, to get a, you know, listener to, to chime in with that too. Um, does this listener have a name? He, no, no, there's just a number. It's a text sent from, uh, this phone number. Was it, was it you? No, it wasn't me. Okay. It wasn't me, I promise. But, uh, he says he, he wants to, um, wants us to cover it and he says even, uh, let's see, he, 
He spent his pre-engineering days volunteering in a museum, so that's where he got hooked on these antique engines. And that's where he became fascinated with, uh, you know, those antique power sources and, you know, all the engines that we've been talking about. So mm-hmm. uh, this fit right in. And um, he mentions that uh, there's also a website where someone redesigned uh, Stirling engines so it makes it look like a futuristic, um, you know, w- the way that the Stirling engine might go in the f- in future is what he's saying. Oh, nice. And um, so he says he wants to uh, wants to hear a show on this type of external combustion engine. Well, well, John Doe from the wide world of text messages, have we got a show for you. Exactly. And I said external combustion engine. Most people probably haven't ever heard of an external combustion engine. Actually, I, uh, I'm i going to level with you, man. No idea. From the name, let me go out on a limb here and say it's a combustion engine on the outside of something well there you go man you got it i just uh, let's just wrap it up with that so thanks everybody for joining us thank you so uh, much no we'll just keep going i guess that's that's probably not (laughs) probably not enough for our listeners yeah uh you know what they might not even know uh that sterling is spelled s-t-i-r-l-i-n-g good point what if they googled it man we would look like looking for bronies looking for a silver engine Sterling Silver Engine. That mm-hmm. wouldn't work. So, again, that's S-T-I-R-L-I-N-G, Sterling Engine. And uh, we do have a uh, How Sterling Engines Work article on our site. So, you know, you can find it at HowStuffWorks.com. That's probably the easiest way to get this information. And then, you know, I encourage you to look around and find some of the other designs mm-hmm. um, that uh, that people have come up with. Because there there are literally hundreds of ways that you can put these things together to make them work in different ways, uh, in different um, applications. So what is it? Exactly. <laughs> well, it was invented in 1816 by Robert Sterling. And um, the uses for them up – well, it's really – it's pretty efficient, actually. It's actually a really efficient way to do to to do work, really. But um, th- this does have some problems that inherently mean that it will not be a replacement for the internal combustion engine in cars and trucks and things like that. It just – at this point, it won't work. Now, I haven't looked at the uh, you know the future of the uh, the Sterling the engine that was Sterling, that was yeah. recommended by our listener here, but I'm going to check that out too. I promise. Um, but really, we'll get to that, to that at the end. Mm-hmm. There's some downsides to this whole thing, but um, right now the uses are in you know for quiet machinery like uh, things that, that that require stealth operation, uh, like um, auxiliary power in yachts. Um, submarines okay. is where uh, Sterling engines are used because they, they need absolute quiet power mm-hmm. um, so you know they can maintain a low profile um, I, I'm trying to think of some other uses for it really a lot of them are just hobby uses right now at this point but again auxiliary pumps they can be used for uh, heat pumps they can also be used for refrigeration units uh, depends on how you use them you can uh, you can do a variety of things with these so there's a, there's a bit of it sounds like um there's a bit of latitude in how these are applied. Yes, exactly, and even more latitude in the way you fuel them. Um, the fuel for these things can range from because it's an external combustion engine. Right. It, re- it requires heat, heating, and cooling in some cases on the outside of the engine in order to operate. So this is a sealed system, uh, and I'll explain it in a minute. Yeah. But yeah. It's a sealed system uh, that requires an external heat source. So. When you say external heat source, that could be anything. I mean, it could. Be, I mean, I've got a list of them here, but I mean, it could be. Um, yeah, run use, down the list real quick. You could use natural gas, propane, gas, diesel fuel, biodiesel. Um, you could use solar power. You could use. Uh, you know, you could light a candle underneath. You could put a piece of wood underneath it that's burning. Crazy talk. It depends on. Yeah, it, it just whatever you need. Some of these things are, are sensitive enough to operate 
with the heat generated by your hand. If you put a small Stirling engine in your hand, it's enough to operate the engine. Hmm. Uh, the, the, uh, the heat just transferred from the palm of your hand into that engine works, makes it work. That's weird to me. You know, uh, it just, now I have visions of people in yachts and submarines just sort of like doing the laying on of hands to make <laughs> the, uh, to make Slight, it go. Slightly different in that case. But, I think you'd uh, have to have a bigger hand. They, they need, you know, they, they of course have a, a more sophisticated system. It's a, it's an automatic, you know, whether it's propane or whatever mm-hmm. it is that operates that natural gas. But, um, the, the idea is that, you know, you've just got this quiet flame that fuels this very, very quiet engine mm-hmm. and that drives whatever auxiliary pump you need to, to do whatever work you need to be done. Why is it so quiet? And when I say external combustion engine, I mean there's no internal combustion happening at all. So you're not trying to in any way muffle um, small explosions, really. You've got a constant flame. Like it's it's as loud as, uh, you know, a, a Bic lighter. That's mm-hmm. it. Or, uh, you know, a burning piece of wood. That's all it's the noise a, you'll as hear. loud as the external heat source. Exactly, yeah. And how, how loud is solar, uh, solar power? So. I don't or solar power. <laughs> that's one of those. <laughs> that's one of those one hand clapping questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. How yeah. loud is solar power? I know exactly. It's it's uh, it's just dead quiet. So um, you know, it's really extremely functional for the types of applications that they found for it already. They're mm-hmm. trying to extrapolate that into other uses at this point. But like I said, it's you know not really happening for cars and trucks right now yet. 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 Um, so where do you want to go with this? Let's I, talk. Yeah, I guess we could talk about the um, Sterling cycle. Yes, Maybe that's that? actually that's what I wanted to hear. I mean, how many cycles are there? Is this still a four cycle engine? This is a four cycle engine. Is it a different cycle? <laughs> this is weird. This is a. Okay. It's it's different. It's it's a different cycle. It's not um, you know the one we've talked about in the past. So mm-hmm. there are four parts to the Sterling cycle, and here they are. I'll just read down the list. Follow along again. Um, so, all right, heat's added to the gas inside the, the heated side of the cylinder, okay? And now, remember, these are heated externally and cooled mm-hmm. externally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the pressure builds up, and that forces the piston to move down, and that's the part of the cycle where the work happens. That's where it's like the power stroke. Exactly, exactly. That's the power stroke. Um, so the, the, then the other piston moves up while that one, while that piston moves down, of course, because, you know, they're connected with this mm-hmm. linkage. And, um, that pushes the hot gas from the cooled cylinder, you know, which formerly, you know, it's cooled now. It's it's, um, it's condensing. It's it's, yeah. it's shrinking that gas, I guess, and it's allowing um, uh, lowers the pressure, so it makes it easier to compress the gas in the next part of the cycle. Okay. Okay. So the piston then um, in the cooled cylinder starts to compress the gas, and the heat generated by that compression is then removed by the cooling source. So. Even though there's heat be, heat being generated by the compression, the, mm-hmm. the cooled side um, is is the outside is taking that away. It's 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 pulling it's the pulling the heat out of it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a strange process, but you've mm-hmm. got to see it to to understand how it works. And the fourth part of this is then the piston, um, the the cooled piston moves up while the uh, the heated piston then moves down, and that forces the gas into the heated cylinder where it mm-hmm. heats up again, mm-hmm. and again, it, it repeats the whole cycle. So it's this continuous up, down, and I know that's really confusing to listen to without No, it makes sense. It. It's like a seesaw. It up, is. down, It up. is, and it's heated, cooled, heated, heated cooled, cooled, and you're talking about expansion, contraction, expansion, mm-hmm. contraction, over and over and over again. And really, that's probably the best way to say it. I mean, I would I would encourage everybody to look at our our site because there's a quick animation. You can hit the uh, the play button on the animation on mm-hmm. our site four times and get through the four cycles, and it'll show you exactly what's going on. But the best way to describe it is heated, cooled, heated, cooled, 
Mm-hmm. You know, compression, expansion, compression, compression expansion. expansion. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? What's amazing to me though, it's still difficult to visualize that happening quietly. You know, because we're talking about when we talk about engines, especially talk about a combustion engine. Um, as we've said before in previous episodes, we're talking about controlled explosions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know? And you've got exhaust and you've got um, just yeah. other noise because you've got the timing chain inside. You've got mm-hmm. um, you've got all kinds of things happening that are noisy. You've got pulleys and drive belts and um, fans and everything else running. This, you've got two – well, let's, just for example, you've got yeah. two cylinders and they're sealed – they're 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 airtight, which is so weird. That this is the first sealed system engine we've talked about. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, mm. yeah, yeah. You're right. It's like a hydraulic system mm-hmm. almost, but with air. It's uh, so, um, it, it's sealed. It's really as quiet as the bearings are on this whole thing. I mean, if you want if you want to keep it quiet, you keep it lubricated. You mm-hmm. keep it. You know, the, the bearings are the right way. The, I mean, it's just really, really. It's actually very efficient operation, and it's very very quiet. Very, uh, I don't know smooth operation of this whole thing it's really it's, it's really a smooth so, operator it's it's sophisticated sorry but it's not very powerful ah uh, i think i see where the yeah. the show's going now we're yeah. going to talk about some cons it has the potential to be a powerful engine i mean it depends on the size of everything that you do i mean it, it you could make these really strong but the problem is you know there's there's a problem and that's why you don't see them in more common everyday uses i guess like cars and trucks sure okay um, and here, i guess the problems are uh well here's the problems i'll just go through them they're real quick i mean yeah, just yeah. a couple but they're big enough that this causes a stumbling block for us do it but do it in kind of like a dramatic voice so the gravity <laughs> of it hits us <laughs> i don't know about dramatic voice i'll try okay. all right all right dun, dun, dun. okay so the uh <laughs> well, remember the heat source is external Okay, so mm-hmm. one thing is that it's not um, it's not something you can instantly control. I mean, you'd have to you'd have to turn up the heat, mm-hmm. allow this this process to take place before anything mm-hmm. really happens. So you know, there's going to be a, a long delay between when you need that power and when you when you shut that power off. Mm-hmm. So it's going to continue to operate at you know whatever the last temperature was up until it you know you can reach it you know uh, expand it up to that other temperature. Yeah. That, that's probably a bad way to to say all this. No, but, I get what you're saying. But you have to. Um, you have to expect a, a lag time, I mm-hmm. guess, in these, and, and and that's on both sides, speeding it up and slowing it down. You need to uh, need to accommodate, you know, adjust for uh, that lag time in between. Which reminds us of what steam engines. Exactly, you're right. Another yeah. another uh, contender that couldn't quite beat. <laughs> that's right. Good old four cycle <laughs> internal combustion. You're right. So there's that whole problem of uh, requiring time to warm up before it actually produces. What we call useful power, I suppose. Right. right. And uh, the other thing is that you know we we mentioned this just briefly here, but um, it can't change its output very quickly. So um, you know, no either, acceleration. Exactly, the acceleration is poor, and as, as well as um, you know, backing this thing down when you need to. Mm-hmm. But um, major enough that you know they're just not. Uh, like I said, right now they're not not uh, they're not very practical. I have a third reason that I think is uh, also uh, that I also think is an mm-hmm. obstacle. Um, and it's this, if we wanted to put something like this on a moving object for the average, uh, Jane and John Doe, mm-hmm. you know, how would we, re- how would we regulate that external heat source, external cooling source, because of the energy it's going to take to produce a consistent external heat source? Mm-hmm. If you add that into the calculations, no matter how efficient the sterling is, we still have this really inefficient, probably, 
uh, heat source outside of it on a moving vehicle. Yeah, you're still going to be carrying a propane tank. Or you're going to be right. carrying a natural gas tank. You're going to be mm-hmm. carrying something along with you, whether <laughs> maybe it's a you know a, a wood burning fireplace. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's a <laughs> maybe it's like a tractor trailer with just on fire. Yeah, uh, or uh, or you could dump all of your uh, your old yard waste into the uh, into the front end of your car. Nice one. And you know it uh, decays, causes you know creates heat. Yeah, you could uh, you could use that. And we already said that you had some prep time in this so. cow manure. Cow manure. Yeah, I was just the other day. Remember when I was like, "What am I going to do with all this? Why did I even buy all this cow manure?" <laughs> yeah, why do you have so much cow manure? It was on sale. I have a weak oh, spot, you know. Yeah. Good reason. Really good reason. You're way yeah. too nice. You know, there's there's some um, yeah. there's some kind of fun uh, projects that you could do with Sterling engines okay. as well. Now, the one that we've got on our site, I, I spotted this on another site as well. The the photo that we have um, on our website comes from a site where they sell kits. And they sell, um, you know, Sterling engine kits that you can build and they, they gauge these by how many evenings it takes you to build them, right? So, oh, okay. So there's a, uh, you know, comfortable evenings, I guess. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like you're, uh, you're working on it around the clock. Um, uh, but the one that you see on, uh, on our, on our, uh, webpage, um, that's a Sterling engine that costs right around and the price right now is right around $429. And um, that one uses just the heat of your hand. That's the one I was mentioning that you can place in your hand, and that's it's enough cool. to. So the, that's the, cool. the temperature difference is just the def- difference between the base plate heat and the top plate heat, or top plate being cooled or removing yeah. the heat from the the, uh, the base plate. Um, but that's really, I mean, like I said, that's uh, it only requires seven and a half degrees difference to operate. So you can heat it up just seven and a half. Or 7.2 degrees, I think is what they said. Okay. 7.2 degrees more than whatever uh, the, the top The ambient plate. temperature. Exactly. Yeah, the ambient temperature would be the top plate. Yeah. You're, you're warming the lower plate. I guess you could cool it and it would do the same thing. Uh-huh. You could drop it down 7.2 degrees and it would operate. So I've got to ask you, man. Before we close out, what's your what's your verdict on this? Because we've talked about we've talked about several engines that have uh, similarities and but a very different roster of pros and cons Mm -hmm. for each type of engine now we've gone into some of the cons here we've gone into some of the positives it's quiet it's efficient Mm -hmm. um it can be used in multiple applications and you can scale the size yep but it uh as you said it's very flexible it's fuels and it's flexible fuels which is actually you can't get more flexible to fuels than that i don't think right that's everything unless you're just running you know (laughs) but uh, true but that's that's the thing um i'm very interested uh, that John Doe from the text message world had such a great idea for, for covering this because mm-hmm. the, it seems like that those advantages might be worth the work if we could just figure out how to stabilize a heat source, how to lessen the cost of the heat source. Mm-hmm. You know what? Sky's the limit, man. I think you're right. But, uh, right now they're being put to use in plenty of good applications, you know, where they're, where the, the benefits are, are best used. Yeah. Um, clearly, submarine is an excellent use for something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, yachts, I can understand why you would want. You, you don't know, want operation. your yacht to be loud. No, if you're if you're sitting in a dock area, you know, in yeah. Monaco or wherever, <laughs> of course that's, that's where you would be. That's where you yacht, go, of course. And you're sitting there. You don't want a uh, you don't want an eight cylinder or two eight cylinder diesel engines running just so that you can have uh, water pressure. Yeah. You know, you want uh, you want something that's quiet operating. So um, I can understand the uses that it's. Uh, being used for right now and i think for hobby uses and just you know learning purposes um mm-hmm. interesting of course i don't know where they would go in the future with this i mean our listener mentioned uh you know yeah, the site he mentioned that, the website yeah he mentioned a website that, uh, that you can go to to kind of um <laughs> he says even dean 
Kamen, spelled K-A-M-E-N or Kamen, uh, sees a future in the Sterling engine as he redesigned it on his website. So um, he's apparently got some uh, new use for the Sterling engine that, uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm going to look this up afterwards and find out what's really going on with it. We got something um, cooking, hopefully. Yeah. I would love to. Cooking. <clears throat> yeah, I would love to see it. Well, I'm doing that as a segue into. Really? Yeah. What? Listener mail. All right, hey Ben, I got one today that uh, comes from the blog. We don't awesome. often, yeah, you know, we don't often uh, read the blog stuff on on the uh, podcast, but I figured today, why not? We're talking about engines, and uh, we've got a comment from uh, our Rotary Engine podcast. Ah, uh, yes. Um, really, this is uh, <laughs> this one says that this person is actually least qualified to respond to this, but um, I've looked this up, and you know, there's some validity to this, so I'm going to mention it here, and everybody can kind of look it up and, and read likewise, mm-hmm. you know, something similar to this. Um, he says he's not a mechanic, but um, he does know about the Mazda um, rotary engine oh, yeah. um, overfueling problem, you know, the flooding that we talked mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. And I've seen this online. I've, I've now watched a couple of videos about this and how to unflood uh, the RX-8 or RX-7 engines. And we had a listener that had written in about these and said that they actually had to get rid of their car, remember? Because yes. they were having some trouble with it, mm-hmm. cold starts. Apparently the problem is if you don't let the engine heat up and it uh, you know it, it has excess fuel inside the chamber, which remember it has that uh, that triangular piston thing yeah, in the, yeah. the magical chamber that uh, that operates somehow. <laughs> um, it uh, the gas sits in there and it and it what it does is it eats away at the seal. It doesn't eat away at the seal. It eats away at the oil that is left behind in the cylinder that normally forms a forms a seal, seal. between okay. between the the casing and the triangular shaped uh, rotor. Okay, so mm-hmm. you know how it contacts at the points, the tips. Yeah. Uh, if extra fuel is left in there, it it deteriorates that seal, and you have to build that seal back up again with oil. So you've got a problem where you're you're flooding this thing because you're you know you're starting it and mm-hmm. then turning it off before it's warmed up, or maybe it's a cold morning. You start it up and, and sure. then you decide you got to run back in for something, turn it off. You've got a problem. So um, one way to fix this, and you can find this online. I mean, I, I don't recommend this to anybody, so you know, don't mm-hmm. don't do this just based on what I'm saying. But your Mazda is not safe with <laughs> us. So. You can use uh, th- this. This listener um, said that his name is uh, is Matthew. Matthew. Yeah, Thanks Matthew. for writing in, Matthew. Matthew says that um, he his little brother sent him a video of him getting an RX-8 started in a pinch. And he says that it's a it's a standard trick that a lot of these guys know about, and it involves pouring just a real small amount of automatic transmission fluid into the engine and then turning it over, and it'll continually turn over and over and over mm-hmm. again. It does take a long while, but eventually, the ATF burns off and it leaves behind an oil film, which uh, allows the engine to start again. So it's a nice little trick. I've heard of things like this happening, and he says it's really actually kind of spectacular to watch because it creates a lot of smoke. I bet it does. And, I was uh, just thinking. I think in the the uh, uh, the video that I was watching, they were even expecting a little bit of uh, flame out of the the exhaust pipe, but I didn't see any. Um, but the the video that I happened to watch, someone had purchased a car that was supposedly ruined. Yeah, I'm doing finger quotes in yeah. there. Ruined because uh, you know it just wouldn't start. It. They, the mechanic now remember this is a rotary engine. The mechanic said something about a broken timing belt or something like that. Well, <laughs> these rotary engines don't have timing belts, right? So that tells you the validity <laughs> of that, but. Um, the the guy that bought it bought it bought the car for thirty dollars. Says that he put twenty dollars into parts to get this thing going again, and then he drove it for a couple of years and sold it for a few grand. Crazy. So he bought the car for thirty bucks, got it running for another twenty, 
Be on the lookout. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. But, um, you know, he just bought this distressed car, and it looked like a nice car. Yeah. I think it was an RX-7. You don't want to do that trick every day, though. No. You don't want to be that your normal starting routine. No, no. Find a way around it, because if you know what causes that, avoid it. You know, that's the best way to do it. And what uh, Matthew has persuaded me uh, in his email, or I'm sorry, in his comment, uh, obviously the RX uh, is an inferior horror movie car at this point. If it can't do cold starts, you know, the scene in the movie where it's always like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. No way. I, I was wondering where you're going with that. Was, so was uh, I, man. It just works yeah, out. Yeah, I guess it does. Yeah, it'd be a perfect <laughs> one to, uh, to, you know, put on the old farm somewhere in the middle of darkness, you know, and someone's struggling with the keys, fumbling with them. Yeah. Someone running at the car. That's where you're getting at, That's right? where I'm at. Yeah, but I head. see. But, um, you know, we should also get our head back in the engine game because I think we've covered the Sterling engine. Pretty well, man. We might, it might be time for us to head off into the sunset. Maybe, yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's a lot more that people could dig into, and I'm sure, sure. that our uh, our listener who sent in the text message uh, from somewhere in Alberta, mm-hmm. um, he's probably saying, there's a lot more to cover, and yeah. that's not right, you know, that type of thing. But honestly, um, the, the cycle, relatively mm-hmm. easy. Just take a look at our site, you know, get the basics down, and then mm-hmm. uh, investigate further. And that's what, that's what I do, and that's what you do as well. Mm-hmm. And we uh, sure hope you guys have enjoyed uh, another installment of our continuing series on engines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to keep this uh, shindig going, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. There's a lot more uh, mm-hmm. variety out there that we need to cover still. So um, I'm yeah. interested. I'm excited about doing you know, some future podcasts yeah. about this. Too. But here's the catch, uh, listeners. We need to know what kind of engines you want to hear about yeah yeah exactly i mean there's a there's a huge variety out there so let us know what you want to hear about next and you know, we'll look into it yeah and real quick before we head out we've got to catch you guys up with some stuff you don't uh you can tell us via email of course um you can also tell us uh via facebook via twitter mm-hmm. and uh via the blog yeah because as you see we uh, we sometimes read blog posts or you know responses to blog posts online so. yeah we never know you never know what we're gonna do all right so what about you guys tell us what you think send us an email at carstuff at howstuffworks.com for more on this and thousands of other topics visit howstuffworks.com let us know what you think send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. 
Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero.